peace in relationships. Mm -hmm. Peace in relationships. I'm not just talking about married relationships, but I'm talking about peace with your crazy uncle. Right? I'm talking about peace with that cousin you can't stand. Mm -hmm. I'm talking about peace with that coworker who keeps undermining you. I'm talking about how do we have peace with people who bring us pain? Yep. How do we have peace with people who judge us because they sin differently than us? Mm. It's easy to have peace with people we love. It's easy to have peace with people who vote like us, like us. Yep. But what about the people who bring us friction and anxiety and the people we're disappointed in? How do we have peace with that fracture of that loved one or that parent that we're supposed to be in relationship with, but if we're honest, it's just easier to cut them off. Yeah. And so here's the idea uh, as we jump into this today. What is peace? Well, if I were to give you just a, a basic definition, I would first talk about what peace is not. Peace is not the absence of problems. Mm -hmm. Peace is not the absence of pain. But peace is, is when I've got pain and problems, but I also hold on to the person of Jesus Christ within me. Peace is contentment knowing that Jesus is in control. Mm -hmm. You see, this Christmas season is chaotic. It and is you've made a decision chaotic. about Christmas. Yes, huh? I have decided. This chaos that happens in the world in this season, it's, I'm not going to fall for it. Not this time. No Christmas cards this year. Come on, I have I released it. myself from that burden. All the photos and the photos, like Maya stresses me out. My 17-year-old, she sends us color palettes for how to pick our fits. And it's just so stressful getting the hair done. So I've released myself from that chaos. And I have such a peace about that. And it's also I'm like good. the expectations. Yeah. Right? People have expectations of who you're supposed to be. And, you know, if you're married, whose house are we having dinner at? And mm -hmm. there's, there's all these different chaotic things. But it's also during the season where people find themselves more discouraged and more distressed and have more anxiety yeah. and the suicide rate goes up. But I think what we need is a little bit of peace. And that's exactly what happened over 2,000 years ago when Jesus came on the scene. The angels, the host of angels, they made an announcement. Yeah. And I love this announcement that they made in Luke chapter 2, verse 14. They said, glory to God in the highest. Mm -hmm. And on earth, peace, goodwill, not just towards me, but towards others and, and, and men. Mm -hmm. In other words, Jesus came to bring the peace, mm -hmm. the contentment. The joy, That's the right. satisfaction that is in heaven to earth. Mm -hmm. But he didn't just come to give peace to us. He came to give peace through us. That's right. And so how do we give peace away? How do we give something away that we don't have? We got to work for it. Work at it. Work for it. It's hard. It is not easy. So we're not saying this is going to be an easy message it's not to gonna digest. Be easy. Take notes. Let God examine you. It's going to be hard because Romans 12. Oh, this one's a tough scripture. 17 through 18 says, repay no one evil for evil. Have regard for good things in the sight of all men. If it is possible, Jimmy. If it's possible. If it's possible, church. As much as it depends on you. As much as it depends on who? You, me. Yes. Live peaceably, not with some men, but all men. Everybody. Wow. Peace. Yeah. 
We're responsible to behave differently in our relationships as Christ followers, as believers of Jesus Christ. He is our model. When we gave our lives to Jesus and we said, you know what, God, I'm going to try, I'm going to do this uh, Christianity thing. We said, uh, we're going to follow after the model of Christ, right? So we came into this family of Jesus and this family is dysfunctional. It's, it's, It's jacked up. Yeah. Just like, just like think our about families it. we came out of. Absolutely. Like, us as a spiritual family. Mm-hmm. Like, on this side of eternity, there is not perfection. We come with our issues. We come yep. with our betrayal. We come with our jealousy. We come with our toxic shame. We come with our family of origin issues. We come with the generational stuff that has been passed down from your crazy mama and your crazy daddy. Yeah. Because your great-granddaddy was crazy. Your granddaddy was crazy. Your daddy crazy. Now crazy. Mm-hmm. It's possibly in you. Yep. You see, it's during Christmas. It's when we've got to figure out what's the family dinner going to be like. I don't know about you, but like Thanksgiving, it's predetermined what dinner's going to be. A turkey, some yams, a ham, some greens. Come mm-hmm. on, somebody, and some pig feet if you country. Come on, somebody. But at Christmas, we're trying to figure out, my kids are like, what are we going to eat? More importantly, I'm like, who are we inviting over? Mm -hmm. Who's going to be at the table? Who's going to have a seat at the table? And what I've come to discover is sometimes you're sitting next to somebody at the table that rather than passing the potatoes, you'd rather pass a piece of your mind. (laughs) I don't know about you, but I've been at the table when I'm supposed to give thanks, but really... I want to give them my mind. I want to cuss them out. I'm upset. Mm -hmm. They never said I'm sorry. And so the first relationship, not at the seat at the table in your dining room, but the seat at the table in your heart. Mm -hmm. The first kind of relationship that all of us, no matter who's at the table, is confronted with is the dysfunctional relationships. How many of y'all know somebody who has some dysfunctional relationships? Come on, somebody, raise your hand. Raise your hand, raise your hand. Come on, all campuses. You'd be like, yeah, I am the dysfunctional relationship. Come on. That's the relationships that are toxic. Yeah. That's the relationship that you have to be in proximity with. That you know there's issues, but no one really wants to address it. The dysfunctional relationship, watch this now. It's the people that you tolerate, not celebrate. The dysfunctional relationship, it could be a coworker, it could be a boss, it could be your marriage. It's just dysfunctional. It doesn't work mm-hmm. like give, give. It's like when you give, I'll give. It's just a little off. Mm-hmm. Dysfunctional relationship. Then they're distant relationships at the table. These relationships you have like less interaction with. It's occasional proximity. We kind of call them in the church world, creasters. You see them at Christmas and Easter. Anybody have those relationships, right? Creasters. Like it's occasional. We may be related, but we are not relational on a regular basis. Yeah, distant relationships. And a distant relationship may be because of physical distance. Your loved one may be deployed 
overseas, um, may work in a different state. I mean, I was missing from the table one year in 2015. My family had Thanksgiving dinner without me because I was in rehab. Yeah, the pastor, the wife. I was struggling with an addiction to alcohol and I had hit rock bottom. And I was in rehab. I was missing at the table. So we have the dysfunctional relationships. They're in our hearts. Mm-hmm. We have the distant relationships. They're in our hearts. The next one we have is the difficult relationships. These are the relationships that no matter what, there's always an issue. It's always something. Uh-huh. These are the relationships that when they come up in your feed, you feel some type of way. They're just difficult. These are the relationships that you don't block, you just mute. Come on. Mm -hmm. They're just difficult. They're relationships that bring you anxiety. They're relationships, watch this now, they don't add to you, they take away from you. Mm. They're just difficult. They're just hard. Mm -hmm. You spend so much time working, you don't want to work at that. They're just difficult. Mm-hmm. Then there are the disconnected relationships. And guys, these are the relationships I feel like hurt the most sometimes. Yeah. Because the disconnection happened prematurely. Perhaps it's a friendship you thought you would have for the rest of your life. You've shared so many dinners at the holidays. That's sacred family time. And you've shared that level of relationship with them and they're no longer in your lives. They were at the table every year. Perhaps what disconnected you is death and the person, your loved one, is no longer at the table because they're in Jesus and there's an, they're with Jesus and there's an empty seat at the table this year and you have to deal with a, a lot of grief. Maybe perhaps it's a betrayal of a friendship, betrayal in your relationship. Maybe there's infidelity or divorce. There's a parent missing at the table because of divorce. It's different this year. The last one, before we jump into how to have peace with these Mm -hmm. different relationships that sit in our hearts, are the delusional relationships. (laughs) Yeah. These are the people or yourself Mm -hmm. who crazy make. You don't have proximity. So all you have is the information that you left the relationship with and you start to make up stories about what they're thinking about, about what they're doing right now, Mm -hmm. about who they are talking to about you. Mm -hmm. Come on. These are the people who live in your head rent free. Some of them are dead and gone and it's still keeping you up at night. Mm -hmm. You're losing time. You're losing sleep. And because of what you make up about that relationship, it drifts into your current relationships. Mm -hmm. And no one can get close to you because you keep looking over your shoulder, peeping around corners. Ghetto boys, my mind is playing tricks (laughs) on me. 1230, y'all don't know about that. You're dating yourself. I am. But what I'm asking is, is this, <laughs> are you ready to be at peace? Mm-hmm. 
are you ready to pass the peace on? Because here's the deal, like we have to deal with these relationships mm-hmm. because many of us, they are robbing us from God's favor. Mm-hmm. I'll never forget a friend recently, I was sitting, I was talking about this situation, I didn't use a name, but I was just frustrated and he looked at me after I was complaining about this person who I didn't use his name, but it, it didn't matter. I was jacked up. He said, you want to live in favor or be petty because you can't be both. And I, I was like, I don't, I'm not going like to pay that. for dinner. You're going to come up here talking about me. I love friends like that because the reality of it is when you're not uh, in relationship with people, when you're not in healthy relationship and navigating conflict and you, you're going to have peace, you're not going to have peace in your heart. Like when there's something externally bothering you, it's going to trouble you internally. That's right. And this is a struggle. Somehow when someone makes it to my head, they make it to my heart. And we lose sleep and it brings anxiety. Proverbs 12, 25 says, anxiety in the heart of man causes depression. Anxiety in the heart of man causes depression. So this season, this chaotic Christmas season, a lot of people are like, why are they talking about relationships in December? Because this is the time of year a lot of people are being tested in their relationships and they're experiencing anxiety and depression. But we want to give you hope. There's so many people out there that I've, I've come across that looks like, I don't do people. Yeah. People just jacked up. You know, people just, all they do is they after something. Everybody just wants something from it. You can't trust people. And I'm like, well, you, you kind of need people biblically. Like God doesn't let us off the hook because mm-hmm. it's hard. Yeah. In fact, in Genesis chapter one, from the beginning, verse 28, it, it kind of gives why we should get healed with people. It says, then God blessed them. And God said to them, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue, and then have dominion. That's like a succession of things. You cannot be fruitful and multiply by yourself. That's right. Mm-hmm. And I've, I, I've just have this thought that we cannot dominate in our vertical relationship unless we dominate in our horizontal relationships. It's all connected. I'm trying to tell you guys, like, like relate so many people. I don't do people. And the Bible says, confess your sins to God that you may be forgiven. Confess your sins to one another that you may be healed. Too many Christians walking around forgiven and not healed because they don't do people. Yeah. I'm telling you guys, I don't want to wait till I get to heaven to experience peace. Yeah. I want to bring heaven to earth mm-hmm. so I can have peace here. Amen. I'm telling you guys, yeah. this is what we have come to really embrace mm. in this season of our lives. Check this scripture out, uh, Colossians 3, 15. It, I'm going to give you a lot of scripture today. It says, and let peace that comes from Christ Rule in your hearts. Mm-hmm. Don't let resentment rule in your hearts. Yeah. And some of us were like, well, you're not like me. You're not an eight on the Enneagram. What are you again? Nine. A nine. Like you want to just peace be at maker. peace with everybody. Here's the idea. Peace for the sake of peace isn't peace. It's not peace. Peace and you lose your voice is not peace. Mm-hmm. Peace and you lose your convictions is not peace. Peace for the sake of peace is resentment. Yep. And it's crazy that I can be quiet and go to hell. I, 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 I want to deal with my heart. Mm-hmm. God, let my heart break for the things that breaks your heart. 
Mm -hmm. I'm telling you, if you are not at peace with people, it is hindering the great commission in your life to save and seek those who are lost. And you could Mm -hmm. be praying for your family to come to Jesus, but Jesus is praying for you to get right with that cousin so that you can reach the people inside of your house. It is up to us. How do I live at peace in these relationships? Mm -hmm. I'm glad you asked number one. Yeah. It's an acronym, peace. This one's gonna be hard. Pray for the people who bring you pain. Oh, Jesus. Yes, yes, yes. It sounds counterintuitive, but Matthew 5, 44 through 45 says, but I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. That's hard. That you may be children of your father in heaven. What the scripture is saying is pray for the people that hurt you. And then you become children of God. That means in this family of God that we now belong to as believers, our assignment is to pray for people that hurt us. And it's so hard. My 17-year-old, you know, you tell these teenagers, when you're raising teenagers, you tell them stuff all the time. But every once in a while, they like shock you and come with, they were listening, right? And like Maya comes to us, 17 years old this week, and says, you know what? I tried that whole thing, praying for your enemies. I was like, shut up. And Because <laughs> now I got to do it. You know yeah. what I mean? I don't want to do it. And she said, it works. I felt lighter. I pray. She didn't even have to tell me who she was praying for. It's beautiful. And then I said, hey, let's take the opportunity right now. And let's live out the Bible. And uh. let's pray together as a family. Because we were hurt by so-and-so. And we literally actively took a moment together. And because we, it's Christmas, like we used to get together with this couple and we miss them. But yeah. I, I don't know. I, I'm just going to be honest. It's hard. I get it, babe. I want to cuss people out. Like when I'm when upset with me, like, like, I don't know. Where y'all at? I'm talking about the people that just, you set it off before you were saved. Come on. Come on. Where y'all at? Where y'all at? Where y'all at? Come on. Earrings is coming off. Boots is coming off. Like, like, no. you said what? What's homie? What's good? What's good? What's good? What's good? What's good with you? What's good with you? I ain't trying to pray. I ain't trying to lay hands. We're going to throw hands up in this camp. So funny. Pray. 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 Yeah. Pray for your enemies. You know what I'm learning? At 48 years old, Mm -hmm. I'm learning that when I pray for those who hurt me, it takes the hurt out of my hands mm-hmm. and puts it in the hands of God. Here, here's what I'm going to ask you. How's it working for you carrying that? Mm-hmm. Y'all should see some of y'all faces. How's it working? Yeah. How's that anxiety? Mm-hmm. How, them, how much counseling are you paying for carrying that? Pray for those who hurt you. See what happens? Not only it takes it out of your hands and puts it in the hand of God's, guess what it does? When you pray, it helps you to respond and not react. Mm-hmm. It, I think here's the greatest thing that I am learning in this season. Mm-hmm. When I pray for those who bring me pain, it puts a higher value on the brokenness in their heart mm. and takes away from the value of what they did. Mm -hmm. And see, as a Christ follower, I could be the only Jesus that they ever experience. Mm -hmm. 
And my response could be because they know what I do, could be the only time that they were open Mm -hmm. to seeing Jesus. Through you. It's true. And you know, people ask us, how do you pray for your enemies? You pray for their hearts, that they be reconciled to God. That's great. They came into relationship with you and there was a falling out of some sort. You know, who did what is not the point. The point is you pray for God to restore their hearts, that they were in relationship with you. We never want to leave anybody worse off when they leave relationship with us. Hey, sometimes we're not going to be in relationship because we can't reconcile with people. That's fine. It's okay. But it really is not okay. We feel some kind of way if people leave us worse off than when they came. Just as Christ followers, that doesn't feel right. And I remember a time you were completely challenged a few I, years ago. First of all, you keep talking about my stuff. With, <laughs> I spent years having you preach about my stuff. Okay, so now it's fair, time fair, some, fair, some fair, revenge. fair, fair. Okay, yes, fair, 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 fair. it's true. Fair. And he was challenged. Somebody offended him. Oh, it hurts so bad. And when Jimmy is under stress, he's an eight on the Enneagram, the challenger goes to anger. It's their go-to, right? He's in the car. I mean, it's silent. I'm setting it off. Because he is so angry, he can't even talk from this interaction that had just happened. And I'm peacemaker, so I'm just, oh, okay, Irene, you can't fix it. Don't be codependent. Just let him be okay with the discomfort. She's like trying to take my mind off through. of it. You want to go eat? Where are we going to eat? Yeah. Where are we going to eat? So we get home. He disappears. I'm like, I know he needs time to process. He goes to the basement, and I just hear worship and crying out to God coming from the basement. I'm hearing a song that's like saying something like, burn away. What is it? Something. Burn me beautiful. Burn me, burn beautiful. me beautiful. I'm like... Like um, I'm singing fire. that God purify, purify my heart. these fleshly, worldly thoughts. Because he was warring in the spirit. He's human. He wanted to punch this person in the face. And he was not bad for that. But he, if he actually did it, then he would be It wrong. would have felt pretty good in the moment. Yeah. But, yeah. but I believe that your, the posture of your heart changed when you were like, God, I can't take this. I was wronged. I feel like I was wronged, you know, and you're bringing, you're angry. You're bringing it to the feet of Jesus. He can handle all of our emotions, the good, the bad, and the ugly. So good. We don't have to hide from him. We can bring it. And in those moments, we are totally surrendering to his will over our own. There's this wrestle going on. Just like Jacob and Esau wrestled, like Jacob wrestled with the the angel, right? And he left with a limp. He wrestled all night with the presence of God. And he was so nervous about going to reconcile this relationship with Esau. He sent gifts ahead, all of that. All he needed was to be with God. And as he spent time with God, the posture of his heart changed and reconciliation came. Ephesians 4, 3 says this, and I think it highlights this, is make every effort to keep yourselves united in the spirit. Where? In the spirit, not in the flesh. I am telling you, when the presence of pain is at at war with me, only the presence of God can calm me. I am telling you, when I go into worship, come on, like this morning, like, like in the middle, not for a minute, was I forsaken? The Lord, God, can you come to this place? 
Can your presence visit this place? So we have to pray for those who bring us pain. The second thing we have to do is examine your heart, even when you're hurt. Not examine their heart. Not examine their motives. Mm -hmm. What you have to do is ask yourself this question. It's a hard question. God, what is coming up for me? Mm -hmm. I'm telling you, my wife has taught me this. Like, like, like literally, uh, you know, as she began to, to, to get healed and whole on the other side of addiction, I would see her with her hands out and someone would say something or someone would post something or someone would not be gentle with her process. And she would open up her hands of what they said as if it was in her hands. And she says, hmm, is this mine? Is this mine to take in? Is this me? And then she would ball it up and throw it away, like physically do that. And I was like, huh, come on, somebody. Like, I started yeah. doing it. Hmm. It works. And, 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 and what it did is it landed on this scripture. And I'll never forget when I read this in Psalms 139, 23 and 24. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Okay, taking it to another level. Verse 24, point out anything in me that offends you. Not them. Yep. I didn't do anything wrong. But did your response offend God? Mm-hmm. It's not my fault, but they deserved what I gave them. It's not about what I did to them, but if what I did offended God, if it's creating distance in my relationship with God, mm-hmm. then there's an issue. Search yes. me, oh God. And you came up from the basement. After wrestling with God, with this new posture of your heart, because you said, what is mine? I am, we are so busy in the blame game. Wow. That's so dysfunctional, guys. We blame everybody for the pain. Everybody, it's someone else caused it. It was their fault, blah, blah, blah. Like when we argue, it's always your fault. Right, right. Always. But like what you did when you went down to that basement and you wrestled with God is you took responsibility and ownership of what was yours. So you didn't throw it back at the person. You said, okay, what's mine? I hurt this person. That's why they're acting out. That's why they said what they said. So God, I have offended you because I hurt my brother in Christ. Help me search my heart so I can own the part I played in this pain. Talk about maturity. And I just want to commend you in that because I have watched you transform from an immature, angry man in the beginning of our relationship. (laughs) That that came out really long. Give me me a second. Okay, so give me a second to fix this. Okay. So, you know, he would just go to the anger in the beginning. Now it's like you have allowed yourself to transform into the and mature because you have self control. You look at the thing and you're like, ouch, that hurt. God, that hurt. I'm feeling angry. Okay, so what's coming up for me? And you begin to dig what's coming up. What's under the anger? Because, Jimmy, you weren't just angry. You felt rejection. That was really what was beneath the anger. You felt fear. And when you begin to dig and examine, it's like you begin to discern what God wanted you to do with the emotion. Sometimes you're to wait and pray. Sometimes you're to go and address the person. Sometimes you got to wait until that thing is peaceful in you. Like when you came up from the stairs, you said, okay, it's time to go over to their house and have a conversation. 
And because your countenance was different, I knew that we were gonna make peace. Let me ask you a question. Raise your hand if you've been hurt at, from ages one to 10, that you can remember it. Okay, keep your hand up. Uh, 10 to 20. Okay, now only if you're over 20. 20 to 30. Okay, everybody can put your hand down. On and on and on. That's everyone. I want to let you know what we have learned is the hurt that's in front of you. Mm-hmm. God is allowing it to heal the hurt behind you. And unless you understand that he is working all things together for your good, Mm -hmm. you will look at the hurt as another time Mm -hmm. and not a hurt that's trying to redeem time. So good, Jimmy. I am telling you right now, if you don't look at the hurt, that's in front of you. If you look at it like it's another time, rather than something that God is revealing in me to redeem the time, mm-hmm. you will not be at peace with everyone. Come on. Check it out. Hebrews 12, 14. Work at living in peace with everyone. Pause. Not everyone outside of you, but the 10 personalities of you. Uh-oh. You were different people in different seasons. True. And what happens is, is when God allows something to happen in your life, he is trying to break the cycle that has been passed down from generation to generation. And he wants you to, to be the first one to respond in an opposite spirit mm-hmm. so that you can get healed, that nine-year-old, 10-year-old, 16-year-old, that yeah. you can go back and take peace to that situation yeah. and look at that situation and says he's working that for this so that we can move on, so that I can break a generational curse to not pass down to my children. Come on. That's what happens when you examine. Yeah. And literally when you look at your, the examination of your heart and you look at the emotion. So I have found out recently that when I'm experiencing anger or disappointment in a person, typically it's because I had an, I had an expectation that wasn't met, but I wasn't conscious of it. I didn't even know I had the expectation until it wasn't met. I think many of us are walking around with so much resentment towards our parents. And we didn't even realize we had an expectation of them and until the, it wasn't met. But did we speak up about what we wow. needed and what we wanted? See, codependents struggle with that. And I'm a recovering codependent. And we worry about everybody else's needs and not our own. So... I have come to find out that speaking up about my needs and wants and asking for, um, really, I assess them. Are they even realistic? What I expected out of my mom that was born in Lusaka, Zambia, actually she was born in a village outside of Zambia, I was expecting something that um, an American-born mother could provide that my mom wasn't capable of providing. I had an opportunity when that disappointment and anger came up to look at it. What's mine to own? Wow. So that resentment, God forgive me. And I released my mother. She did the best she knew how. And I found peace in that when I became conscious and I spoke about it. Pray for those who bring you pain. Examine your heart even when you're hurt. 
The third one is, we're not going to spend long on this one, except mm-hmm. that God uses fractures for a greater future. Mm-hmm. Except that he uses fractures for a greater future. I love where we are now. Uh-huh. And I realize that, we realize this, that conflict is not bad. Mm-hmm. Conflict is an invitation that teaches us to love like Jesus. Mm-hmm. It's an invitation. It's God saying, does it hurt? Oh, it's not as bad as nails in your hands. Does it hurt? It's not as bad as a crown of thorn on you. Does it wow. hurt? It's not as bad. As, it's not as shameful as being naked on a cross. And he said, just mm. like I redefined death, when he looked at the crowd who was persecuting him and said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. They had no idea that fracture was bringing them a greater future. Mm-hmm. But Jesus on the cross, he said, Father, forgive them. He, he didn't... Wait for them to say, I'm sorry. He said, Father, forgive them. My dad told me this years ago, and I I promise you, I do everything I can do to live by this value. He said, never confront someone unless the goal is to bring them life. Yeah. And many of us, we don't do that. We dump. We want everyone to feel as bad as we feel. So I'm going to tell you about yourself because I want you to feel the pain that I'm not looking at internally to really fix my future. But, and so I, I start telling, and then it's everybody else's fault. Have you, yeah. Y'all know anybody, come on somebody, who, who everything, everything that's wrong can't be everybody else. Come on. come on, you carry you everywhere you go. And in the famous prophetic words of Rob Bass, he said, it takes two to make a thing go right. It takes two to make it out of sight. Mm-hmm. I want to rock right now. I'm Rob Bass and I came to get down. I'm not internationally yeah. known, but I'm known to rock a microphone because I get stupid. We all are stupid. Come on. It's true. It's That's a true. rap for everybody who I dated myself. I'm 90s rap. That's, yeah, that was, that was it's good. But conflict is an invitation to teach us how to love. There's some reframing, I believe, that needs to happen with us. We're in the family of God. Matthew 5, uh, verse 9 says, God blessed, blesses those who work for peace. They will be uh, called the children of God. Blessed are the peacemakers. Basically, you're a child of God. You're in the family of God. We have a responsibility to bring peace. Peacemakers, not peacetakers. Don't go into that meeting till you're a peacemaker. Wow. Bringing peace with you. Yeah. And codependence, we're going to address things that are, um, don't align with the truth. We're not going to pretend it's not existing, pretend that, pretend that the elephant is, isn't in the room, pretend that, you know, at that uh, holiday party that one uh, family member is drinking to ob- in oblivion and we let them drive home. We pour more glass, more wine in their glasses when we know good and well that they have a problem. Like, we are going to take, we're going to understand that peacemakers engage in conflict. We don't avoid it. That's right. It's okay. Peacemakers, we tend to be codependent, but it can be such a gift to be a peacemaker, a blessing. Everyone needs a peacemaker in their life, especially if you're an eight like Jimmy. There you go. But God put us together for a reason. Opposites attract, right? He leans on my, uh, my strengths, and we don't avoid it. I have leaned on your strength of assertiveness. He doesn't let anything go. He addresses things in the moment. But I've gotten so much better, babe. Yeah. 
I want to make out right now. Oh my gosh. So number four. Why are you blushing? It never yeah. ends. He's like this all the time. Number four is commit to a route of reconciliation. And we're, we're bringing, we're, we're about to land a plane. I, I think many of us, we, 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 we feel that people need to reconcile with us. Mm-hmm. And what I have come to kind of understand is that this scripture, do everything within my power. Sometimes I run out of power. And sometimes I'm rejected even when I say I'm sorry. Yeah. And I realized that as long as I left them in a place that they can be reconciled to God, even when they can't be reconciled to me, yes. I'm going to be okay with that. Yeah. Even though it hurts, even though the rejection is real. Mm-hmm. And I'm telling you guys, like, and then on the, on the other side of it, you know, I, I realized some, some people like, well, well, man, it, it took, let me tell you, what, what's been not repaired for 10 years doesn't get repaired in 10 minutes. Exactly. Forgiveness is a choice. Reconciliation is a process. Process. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you just have to every single day say, I forgive you. I mm-hmm. forgive them. I forgive them. I forgive them. I forgive them. Until practice becomes permanent, not perfect. Yeah. And I'm telling you guys right now, you have to commit to this route to reconciliation like Jesus committed over three and a half years through everything that was hard. He just was committed that his purpose was the cross. Mm-hmm. He just committed to it. And I'm so glad he did. I'm so glad that, that nothing can separate me from the love of God mm-hmm. that is in Christ Jesus. I'm so glad because like Irene, I'm telling you guys in West Palm, I love to cook. I love, I love to put ingredients together and it never fails when I'm about to cook a meal. There's like, I'm always like one or two ingredients short because I haven't planned And Irina says, I'll go to the store. So she'll go to the store. It's supposed to take 15 minutes. She'll come back 10 hours later. I'm exaggerating. But she'll come back with a bunch of stuff and forgot the two things that she was supposed to go get. So So there we go door dashing again. Yeah. I said, what happened? She said, well, I got sidetracked. You're at Target. You're at Home Goods. You're at, I'm like, what happened to Whole Foods? (laughs) And what I've, for me, can I be honest? Sometimes my anger sidetracks me from the route to reconciliation. Mm-hmm. Sometimes my fear or discouragement or my disappointment. Watch this, my pride. For me, it's fear of having the conversation. I don't like conflict. And when I got back from rehab, I was so grateful for this new way of life that I had an opportunity to have. See, the 12 steps, I'm a recovery fan. I'm a recovery activist. Because did you know that the 12 steps come from the Sermon on the Mount? Jesus talking to the disciples. And he taught us, literally, it's one of the 12 steps that we have to uh, work for peace, make amends with those we have hurt. And we go and we have learned that part of the program is we recognize that our lives have become unmanageable, unmanageable because of this thing, person, place, or thing that I've become addicted to. Then we, we can't do it without God. And we have to go and recognize that we have hurt other people. And I remember going to make amends with my family and they had a hard time wrapping their mind around addiction. I get it because none of us knew anything about it, which is why I, it crept up on me and almost took me out. So when I made amends with them, they didn't receive it. And I didn't get it at first. I worked with my counselor because I was really hurt. And I realized that I had to honor them. They needed space 
to digest all of this stuff. I spent 40 days in rehab learning about this new amazing way of life that I get to live. And they hadn't had that. So I got to honor that they're not in the place in the processing and give them the space that they need and pray for them while they're processing. And you know what? Seven years later, it took seven years. It didn't come when I wanted, how I wanted. It looks different, but reconciliation came because God uses everything. Romans 8, 28 is real. He uses everything, not just for our good, but for the good of others. The last one is embrace the gift of grace. You cannot give away what you have not received. Some of our attitudes and some of our actions before this moment, some of our past, we haven't just really accepted that God's grace covers that too. Yeah. So how do you give away something that you haven't really, you haven't really forgiven yourself? That's why it's so mm-hmm. hard for you to forgive people. Yeah. And I'm telling you guys, like, I'm at peace. Mm-hmm. I'm not perfect. We're not perfect. We argue. It's more her fault than mine. We're quicker to recover. But when I think about mm-hmm. the relationships, when I think about the hurts in my past, when I think about the unspeakable things that you can't even voice, and I put my hands out for a minute, and I put those things in my hands, yeah. it's when I hear the voice of Mandela mm-hmm. singing, not for a minute was I forsaken. The Lord was in that place. Yeah. The Lord was in that place. Mm-hmm. Come, Holy Spirit. Dry bones. Awaken. Mm-hmm. The Lord is in this place. You see that scripture about the valley of dry bones? They were fractured. Mm-hmm. They were separated. And I love the fact that before the Holy Spirit blew wind into the bones, they first came together. Yeah. It's good, Jimmy. The Lord is in this place. Mm. Can we just stand and, and I just want you to put the pain in your hand. Come on, every campus, every, everybody along. Just I want you to think about that. Mm. The Lord is in this place. God says, I will never leave you or forsake you. God says, I was there back then and I am there right now. God is saying, I'm not going to allow one fracture to go unaddressed in your life. I had you then and I got you now. And I'm working all things together for your good. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for every person under the sound of my voice. And I ask that your spirit come in and bring that valley of dry bones back together again. Awaken the things that have been dormant. Awaken my peace. Awaken my hope. God, I pray that every fear be conquered by such a confident faith. God, that you who began a good work in me will be faithful to complete it. The Lord is in this place. Telling you guys, he who began a good work in you is faithful to complete it. And with every head bowed and every eye closed, if you're in this room and your relationship with God is distant, 
And maybe you've kind of given your life to Jesus, but you haven't kept it a hundred. You haven't gone all the way in. And if I had a big old fat reset button that you could reset your life and refresh your life, you would want to run up and hit it. And God says, I've been waiting on this moment. I want to use that pain for a greater purpose. But you can't give away what you have not received. And today, at every campus, in every room, those watching online, I'm going to count to three. And if you want to reconcile first your relationship with God, I want you to raise your hand. One, two, three, and hands are going up. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. Yep, yep. I want you to pray this prayer with me or after me, however you want to do it. Say, Jesus, come into my heart. Heal the brokenness that is in my heart. Today, God, I give my life to you. I'm done trying on my own. Today, I stop and you start. I confess with my mouth that you are my Lord, that you are my Savior, and you are my King. And from this day forward, I'm going to do everything I can do to serve you for the rest of my life. In Jesus' name, come on, put your hands together. 